Hi, I'm Tyler Yules. Welcome to How the Grades Do It. I love it. Super excited. Welcome back to another episode of How the Grades Do It. I've got JD Yanez on the line, um, sales director at Mindstream Analytics. Super excited for our conversation today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah. Man, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, kind of like how you got to where you are today. Yeah, of course. So uh, grew up in South Florida, sunny South Florida, although it rains a lot, so eh, give or take. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I went to UCF for college, and that's where I studied marketing. My junior year, I learned about uh, the sales program, which is one of the most you know high-profile high sales program in, in the U.S., um, was lucky enough to get in there, and that's where my had like a paradigm shift, and totally realized that, you know, every job is a sales job ultimately, and um, and that's really what got me into into ex- wanting to explore sales a little bit more as a career, and um, networked with with you know the right individuals at the right time, and uh, had some falls on on my way to to where I am now, but. Um, yeah, I've been able to to get myself to a consulting firm, you know, at a rather young age and uh, be able to meet a lot of people that have been in this space for over 15 years. So I've been, you know, it goes back to the networking piece and, and connecting to people that want to help you that truly see, you know, a future in your career. And so I've been surrounded with with those types of individuals that have helped me uh, grow as a person, but also drive my career forward. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's, you know, it's great to hear a little bit about your background. Like, you know, you mentioned that you slipped and fell and you kind of like figured things out. And I, you know, that that happens to all of us. Right. But I'd love to understand how you overcome that. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about that story and uh, the journey that you went through. Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess it goes back to when I was getting ready to graduate. Yeah. Um, you know, like college students are a high commodity at the time you know you're you're trying to get a job like crazy and don't really have much in in your backpack to say hey i want to get paid more so it's you know right. take what you can get um and so when i was in this in this sales program at ucf uh we had different sponsors and so you had a chance to kind of go out there see like what type of business they were in like because there's tons of different sales you know people think like oh sales and they think of like a car salesman you know like but right. there's, there's, you know, like the people that sell like pharmaceuticals, people that sell software. There's, there's just so many different types of, of careers within the, the field of sales. So I pursued a more, uh, a different approach of what I'm doing now. It's more like direct, uh, you know, door to door selling and I was selling suits. So I was working with business professionals in the Orlando area and I was, you know, supposed to try to, you know, fit them and try to get them to buy a premium on, on shirts and slacks and pants. And so sure. looking back at it, I'm like, I'm trying to sell suits uh, in a city that the average degree, it's like 90 degrees, like year round. So I was like, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I identified <clears throat> that I just, I wasn't a good fit for it. The, I, 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 I saw that there were different areas in, in the company and, and the role and, and just the environment that I was just not a good fit for. And man, having that realization 
four months after you graduated, three months into your role, it's like, all right, like, what do I do now? Because I'm in a, I'm in a spot where if I quit, you know, like I'm, I'm still freshly graduated. And so I did it anyway, cause I was miserable and, you know, it had to, it was a really tough pill to swallow being a, you know, my friends know me as a top performer. I'm always trying to get out there and, and be like, yeah, I'm good at what I do. And, or so, you know, I tried to portray it. Yeah. And so having to admit to myself, like, you're not good at this. And this is, this is not somewhere that you're going to be happy in the long term. And, and having to come to that realization was super hard, but it's been yeah. such a rewarding thing to be able to do. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to stop you because I don't want to do a disservice to you. Like just so people, the people realize like, um, and I don't want to cloud on UCF. I went to UCF as well, but the professional selling program at UCF is the top 1% of UCF and, and, in totality, right? Like the program itself, I would put it in the top 1% of all college students that are graduating in business. And so you were highly um, sought after as a college student. Um, and so I'm sure it had to be a bit um, nerve wracking in a sense to say, yo, this is not working out for me. Um, yeah. But, and you know, especially the first job in your career, there's so many people I see that go into the wrong, maybe industry that isn't the perfect fit for them. And then they just totally give up on sales in totality. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'd love to hear how you were able to uh, network your way back in, because a lot of times that first job out of, out of your, out of college, right? Like that really sets the, the uh, quota or the, the standard quo of, what industry you're going to be in, uh, what type of job, what type of role, right? And so let us know how you pivoted um, because I'm sure it wasn't easy. Yeah, I mean, something that I had in the back of my pocket was um, information about what I could do in sales. So uh, during the sales program, we met with Zeke Lopez, who is a professional that helps sales professionals with you know, career goals or a, a lot of different things. But what he helped the students at the time was uh, reviewing a disk assessment, which was a very in-depth personality test for sales specifically. And it showed you all the different career options in sales and which ones you were more tuned with. Um, I don't remember specifically, and I, I wanted to have it here to show it with you. Um, but, you know, from a, a plethora of, like, let's say, like eight, eight different main sales types, I was aligned to six, like strongly aligned to six. So he was like, dude, like you can really do whatever you want in sales because you can be good in this and this. Seems like I picked one of the two that I wasn't too good at it, clearly. <laughs> um, but that was something that I kept in, you know, like when, when I was leaving my first company, I was like, hey, like this is more like a trip. This is not a full like fall flat on your face. I'm like, there's like a quick trip. It's like, where, what can we do now? And so I spoke with one of my professors um, with actually both of my professors in the sales program, Dr. Steiger and Professor Garcia. And I was like, Hey, like, like, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out here, you know, like, and like, um, I need your help. I, I just, I need your help. <laughs> and, um, and I remember the first thing, uh, Professor Garcia told me was like, erase that position from your resume. They're like, if they don't know what happened, like, you know, like it's no, no one's going to, no one's going to ask you about it. Yeah. And I was really lucky in the sense that I graduated May 5th from UCF and I started my job May 22nd. So it was such a 
quick, you know, like graduation to start that by the time that I left in September, if someone asked, I could have said, yeah, I took the summer off to enjoy like my postgraduate. I don't know, you know, like she, sure, sure. she kind of coached me to kind of <laughs> let, like have a, a white lie conversation and be like, yeah, like everything's fine. Well, you know, um, this is funny, right? Like presenting yourself is super important, right? Like and having a story to tell in, in a certain way, like it makes a big difference. Exactly. So, you know, like the way I presented it was like it, it was gone from my resume and um and by the time that I was interviewing, because she put me in touch with tons of people, um, I was like, yeah, I graduated from UCF a couple of months ago. I've been, you know, enjoying my summer, but ready to leverage my professional sales program experience. And, you know, I kind of like pushed that, uh, boosted that, you know, because luckily I did have a lot of work experience while I was in college. I was a student director yeah. at UCF. One of my professors hired me for her her husband's company. So I was... I was a full-time student with two jobs at a, at a certain point. So, you know, I had some back, something that I could be like, look, like I, I'm, I've yeah. done stuff. Yeah. And so one of the key connections that Professor Garcia made for me was introducing me to an alumni from the sales program that was at NetSuite at the time. And we had seen a lot of alums go to NetSuite and be very successful and so, you know, we chatted really quick. He's like, yeah, they're hiring like crazy. You know, it was also very lucky for me. Like, I can't imagine doing this now with like post pandemic with, you know, you, we all know how like the workplace is now. Like, I'm assuming it's a very different, I would have been in a very different position. Um, yeah. But we chatted really quick and one thing led to another, spoke with a recruiter and I think in October I signed my, or yeah, October, like early November, I signed my, my contract with, with uh, NetSuite and I moved to Denver a couple of months later. And, and that's really where I really started my, I think that's truly the beginning of my career in, in tech sales. Yeah. I love that. You know, I'd love, before we kind of move on from there, like, I'd love to talk a little bit about like the mentality that you had leaving the role and trying to find the new one because I think as anybody, especially it may be super relevant to people right now, you know, a lot of people went through this tech layoff and are still facing maybe the tech layoffs. And so what sort of mentality did you have as you were trying to transition and figure out, hey, what's the next step for me? That's a good question. Uh, I think I think the best thing that you can do is put yourself first, because a lot of times people will be like, where is the money? Like, where are my friends being successful? Like. Like, you know, they'll Google like top five, you know, highest paying jobs in, right now in the US. <laughs> or they completely like abandon their, their their degree and go sell like solar panels, you know, because that seems to be like a huge thing nowadays too. Right. Um, for me, it was just like, it's like, what's number one, like, what's going to make me happy? Like, where do I see myself? You know, like, it, it's almost like a unforced uh pause that you you truly have the chance to go and say like all right like what are my options here and from these options like do i want to stick with what i've been doing so far do i want to do something that's more um you know like it, it kind of gives you a i would say a, a good time to to realize what is what makes you happy and so i don't know for me I, i've always been you know 
in the technology space, I want to say, like growing up in like the 2000s, everything's like, oh, the new phone, the new camera, like technology has always come easy to me. So yeah, software seemed like, okay, like, you know, like everyone needs software. That's kind of how I thought about it. Now, now what software should I sell? You know, what product can I stand behind? Um, I, funny enough, I grew up with one of my best friends. His dad worked at Oracle. So I had already had this seed, you know, like Oracle's, you know, prolific company. Um, then I had always wanted to leave Florida. I grew up in Florida. I went to college in Florida. I was like, what, what companies can give me an opportunity to go somewhere else? Cause yeah. where I was interviewing was like, oh, come back to Miami. And I'm like, that's great and all, but I want to see a different environment, different people. Like, I mean, people from other backgrounds to, you know, broaden who I am as a person. And so, absolutely. um, yeah, I, I, my mindset was just like, put yourself first evaluate what's truly something that you're interested in and see what companies are out there to align with your goals and then understand what the, you know, like what are the open roles and then you have to align yourself back to them. Cause it's, it's a two way street. It's not just like, Oh, this company is going to do X, Y, Z for me. It's more like this company is going to provide me with these opportunities. And this is what I'm going to be able to, you know, bring in as, as a new hire. And so, that unique differentiator is what makes people valuable when they're interviewing. And um, yeah, I don't know if I kind of like straight away. No, but. I love that. Yeah, I mean, right, like, I think you, you're hitting on it precisely, right? Like when, when looking for a new role, like align yourself to the values of the company. And, and if those values align to your values, right? Like it's almost a match made in heaven. And so you tell us, um, you know, you spent some time in NetSuite and, and had, you, you know, having some success, but got offered an opportunity um, at another company. And you, tell us how you came about that role and and what that journey looked like. Yeah, for sure. That was that was a funny one. Um, so one of my best friends now, I met her. Uh, so when NetSuite hires, you, you join in cohorts. So we were a team of 10. Uh, I was pretty lucky, not going to lie, because I moved to Denver with friends from UCF. So I yeah. didn't really feel alone. And I was like, oh, I already have a group of friends. So, you know, it's, it's easier when you go in and out of the 10 people, three of them already friends. Everybody's like, Absolutely. oh, let's, let's rush to that. You know, we want to be part of that, that cluster of people. Yeah. And we became very good friends. Just, you know, like we would work together. But socially, it was me, her and, and another one of our friends yeah. who just like going out like the music scene in, in Denver is awesome. So, you know, we were just hanging out nonstop. Love and life. About a yeah. <laughs> yeah. About two, three months in our role, uh, my friend, you know, her dad has very, I, I would say, recognizable name in like the software industry and for, for certain applications. And so my current company, Mindstream, uh, you know, reached out to her, my, my former boss, and was like, hey, are you so-and-so's daughter? And she was like, yeah, that's me. And he offered her my job. And so she, she left NetSuite three months in and started working remotely from, for Mindstream. And so we stayed in touch, you know, we like, she eventually moved to New York and then I came to visit her and like, you know, like it, it was a very, just, it became just a friendship, you know, we weren't coworkers yeah. anymore. And about like a year later, her dad was like, Hey, like, I think, you know, like you have experience in the consulting, uh, environment now, like come, come work with me. And she pinged me immediately was like, you would be an amazing, like, you know, you could, you could backfill my role very well and they'll love you. So it was a very simple, you know, conversation. She set me up with my former boss and we hit it off great. 
turns out that Mindstream, you know, has been growing a lot in Latam. And, you know, my, my family's from Peru, so I'm fully bilingual. And, you know, again, that's that's the, the differentiator there. Because I remember when I was, in, funny enough, when I was uh, interviewing, you know, because I never really formally applied, um, Mindstream put out the, the, the role on LinkedIn. And I saw like 40-something applicants. And I was like, there's just no way I'm going to beat out 40-something applicants because... I have a year and a half of experience selling tech sales. I'm, I'm assuming we have like senior directors from other companies trying to go here. Yeah. But it was, it was that differentiator that they had one person that could support North America, could help LATAM if needed and, you know, clicked very well with all the teams. And, and yeah, and I got an offer, I think within like a week or so. And, and yeah, the rest is history. I think it really shows the power of networking, right? And, um, yeah. Maybe something that yeah. they taught you really early on in that professional selling program at UCF was your network. Um, is your net you worth? Know, <laughs> yeah, network is net worth, right? Like, so I'd love to hear a little bit about how you go about building really successful um, network relationships, but in a really genuine way. I think I've always been a friend. I've always been, you know, I can talk to anybody. Um, yeah. I, I'm naturally Chameleon. a personality. <laughs> yeah, where I can kind of, you know, like just I can talk to people and, and understand, oh, look, they, you know, like they, they have this certain of mannerism or this, you know, like I, I, I never really knew that there was this science behind body language, but it was it was this just skill that I, I had it. But, you know, like if you don't if you don't work on it, then it's just something that might work for you or might not work for you. Yeah. When I went to PSP and then they're like, no, these are like tools like that. These are social selling tools that you can, you know, develop even even better to sway people like for one way or another. And so I've been actually reading um, this book called uh, Influence by Robert uh, Cialdini. And he talks about like some principles of persuasion. And I was like, oh, wow, like I do that. But I didn't know I was actually doing that, you know, <laughs> and and everything from like social proof through like authority and, and just how, how people see others um, was really spectacular to learn about that. And so um, I see people as my friends and, and this is a real, this sometimes like, you know, fires back because you have those C-level executives that they're like, oh, I'm a CFO. And like, you have to like address me like a certain way or whatever. But with me, I'm like, we're friends. I'm like, we're on the same level. Like, you know, and so when I speak with my customers, um, I'm like, hey, like, what's up? Like, tell me what's going on. You know, obviously, like, if if we have more information, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm always like, hey, like, I'm here to be, you know, a resource. I'm here to make your life easier. I truly also believe in the product that we sell. And, and you know, the I fully trust my team and, and the products that we do. So I go in with a lot of confidence and, and just being like honest there are times that you know people will say hey we need abc and we're like hey we're not a good fit like but we should talk to you know someone else so i think friendly honesty and and just you know true like uh, curiosity just being able to to be like hey like you know why are we talking like you know like how can i help you how can you help me let's let's discuss and yeah. that, that that approach i've noticed just helps relieve a lot of tension because whenever you're meeting someone new you're like are they nice are they not nice like are they listening to me you know like <laughs> and then it also helps us like 
be more comfortable with each other very quickly. And so we, we help um, develop a lot of trust early on. And, and, you know, those are factors that whenever one of our prospects is evaluating, oh, should we implement with Mindstream or should we implement with, you know, so-and-so, they'll choose us because past the, the features and like, you know, the, the nice to have functionality, they have this sense of comfort with us because we're not this cold consultant that is like robotic, yep. but it's like someone that you can text me and I'll be like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Let's jump on a call type of thing. Yeah. You hit on a bunch of different points and I want to make sure that, um, I bring them back up, right? Like, I think you do a really great job at being yourself, right? Like there's so many times that I speak with people and they're, they're told like to be successful, you have to fit in this box. Like, I don't think that, right? Like, and that's the idea behind the disc analysis is like, Hey, this is your personality. Like be you be your mm -hmm. authentic self. Um, but another thing, another part of that is you being your authentic self helps people then better uh, align and say like, they people want to like you, right? Um, right. You're super up forward and, and, uh, and forthright, like, and that helps start their relationship in a really positive way where a lot of people put on this front or have these walls up that, that it makes it really difficult sometimes. Yeah. And, and mind you, it doesn't always work. Like, you know, I, that's, that's just how you said it. That's, that's my personality. Yeah. And I'll get on a call and it's like, you know, I work with a lot of finance guys who believe it or not, they're, they're awesome. Like we get to, you know, when you're, when you're learning like personalities, it's like, you know, finance people are like number focused and like data driven. So like no chit chatting or any of that. Um, and, and there, there are times that I'm like, Hey, what's up? Like, you know, like we're talking about like random things and there are times that, Again, I come in with a very, you know, bubbly personality or whatever, and they're like, stop right there. They're like, we want to talk about features, functionality, implementation, you know, like it's like, and I'm like, whoa, okay. So I'm like, you know, I take a step back, but it's able to recognize that because yeah. if you don't pivot, then they're just like, this guy like talks so much or like this guy's talking about things that are like not important to us. So it's recognizing, all right, like these guys are more serious and stuff. That's totally fine. Like, you know, I can tone it down and and adjust but identifying that is because a lot of people are just not self-aware enough where you know you're boring someone to death and especially now that like for example i work remotely via zoom so reading body language and and voice tone is a lot more difficult than if you're sitting like right in front of me and i can see you like fidgeting under the table you know like yeah no so, you're you're yeah. spot on there right I, um so often right like i think uh, we as salespeople want to check off the box of the discovery, right? And we forget about the prospect experience, right? And so mm -hmm. you being able to recognize um, your prospects and saying like, hey, like this is how they want to be sold to or this is this is what they're looking for. Uh, I'm sure it is an attestment to why you've been so successful um, thus far. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I again, it's, I think it's just recognizing who you're working with. At the end of the day, like I know, for example, Mindstream is one of the many partners that are available to implement this specific functionality. So yeah. yeah, like, okay, we are number one, we have, you know, these high accolades, but, but why, why should they come to us past, you know, the, the, the confetti and the balloons and, and that, and that is the relationships that we form with, with our prospects. And again, understanding priorities. One thing I was going to mention that I was kind of forgetting is 
when it you know like with with partners for example i was on the other side where i was selling software and i needed a partner and they took like two weeks to get back to me and i hated that i was like i'm like how could partners like i'm like i'm bringing you a business and like you're just like oh whatever like you know we'll get back to you so one differentiator that i've always tried to um you know be mindful of is the responsiveness so and it's awful because you know like some people were like cringe at it and like i can get an email like super late at night but it's like i'm gonna reply to it you know because it's it's like the rep is like dude this 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 dude is right on top of his stuff he's not waiting until the next day and i might not always do it like you're not gonna catch me going through my emails on a friday but if i'm like watching a tv show on tuesday and a rep sends me an email like hey i'm in california where it's actually 5 p.m for me even though it's 8 p.m for you um i have a new prospect whatever like i'll immediately reply to them because if i don't it goes to someone else and so that's kind of like what's helped us i think stay as number one as well i love that right like i think having that owner that owner's mentality um in your day-to-day work right like that that absolutely shows and part of the reason why um you you all have just received a reward um as one of the top partners for netsuite so super happy for you all there Thank you. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, been, uh, it's been awesome, honestly. The team's super stoked. Cool. Man, what advice would you give somebody that, you know, maybe uh, with, with has, is within five years of graduation, graduated and in a role that they just do not like, right? And, and they are looking to make a transition. Like, what advice would you give them to say, like, it's it's possible. I did it, right? Like, what, what advice mm-hmm. would you give them? And then what would you tell them, like, give them honesty in the sense of it's not going to be easy? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have different communities, and that's how I see it. Um, you know, for me, one of them is, like, my parents. You know, they are the most supportive, but they're also extremely honest. And so, yeah. for example, when my first job after graduation, my mom was like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, mom. I'm like, I'm like, it's like, you know, sales and fashion. And she was like, and she would tell my dad, she's like, he's, he's going to hate it. And, and but yeah. I was so like, you know, I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to prove everybody wrong that I could, you know, be successful and stuff. So what I would tell people is you have to leverage your community. You have to, le- if it's not your parents, it might be like your best friends. It might be your like, you know, if you're in a fraternity or, or part of like some group, like there's always like, I would hope that, you know, being 20 something, everyone is surrounded by at least a handful of individuals that truly want to see you succeed. Could be, for me, it was, you know, my college professors as well, like alumni that didn't really know me, but they're like, oh, he's part of the sales program. And they felt like they had some duty to help me. So if, if you're, if you are, you know, you've graduated and you're trying to switch your career, I would say, take a step back, see like, you know, maybe one of your friends works in one of the companies that you want to go in, or maybe, you know, you, one of your uncles knows someone that is in an industry that you want to like get in. And so yeah, it, it, while it seems very far fetched, it's just a link. Like, it's like, Hey, Tyler, I saw your, you know, like I saw, you know, so-and-so any chance you can, you know, introduce me or can I name drop you if I like reach out to them via LinkedIn it's it's that simple to kind of make those little connections and you always have to make or not make sure but you also have to keep present 
that people like helping others, especially like if they get something in return. And, and you know, like maybe it's not what most people will say because a lot of people are like, oh no, I'm helping you out of like the goodness of my heart, which is, be- it's, 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 it's a great, you know, feeling. Some people are like that, but it's a small percentage. Yeah, but, but I would say most people, like even if, even if the, what they're getting back is recognition, like a small, like, you know, handwritten letter thank you so much for facilitating an intro or whatever it is like you know like my friends like if they i'll take them to like chipotle like it's as basic as that and and they're like damn like you know like i i did something so little for jd and he you know whatever it is is trying to show that appreciation and so i always kept that in mind i was always like hey like how you know like you have to make it honest. You have to make it human. It's not just like transactional. It's not like, hey, help me because I'm really desperate and I just need to switch my career. It's like, you know, help me and, and hopefully I can help you in the future in one way or another. And so, um, yeah. So, you know, friends, teachers, siblings, parents, I, I feel like everyone is truly out to, to support you. So a lot of time it's ego. A lot of times you have to like look past your yourself and be like, you know, even asking for help, a lot of people can't do that. Yeah. Um, if you know, if you don't ask, you don't receive. And exactly. You know, so many people get hung up on the fact that they don't want to ask for help. But reality is, if you don't ask for help, people don't know that you need help. Right. Right. And then you have like, but it also has to be, it has to be honest too, in the sense of, I personally hate, for example, when my when not my friends, because my friends know me. Um, but when someone that I haven't talked to in a while will reach out, let's say today and be like, Hey, JD, how are you? Blah, blah. You know, we have a little conversation and then the next day they're like asking you for something and you're just like, dude, I'm like, just, yeah. I'm like, just text me. Like I'm like, and my friends know, I'm like, if you need something from me, just be like, Hey JD, whatever your yeah. ask is. And we can talk after, but if you like kind of like <laughs> toss me up to like, ask me something, I'm like, you lost me there. So yeah. Um, you have to, you know, how do you have to know like the people you're approaching and, and again, I think honesty, just even, even if you want to chat me up and then ask me, like, if you're just honest about it, Hey, Tyler, I'm, I'm struggling with my career. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, like it's, you can form that as part of your conversation to then lead to an ask, but don't yep. hide it. And then just be like, Oh, by the way, I know, you know, like so-and-so can you like facilitate an intro? It's like. I don't know. Yeah. It, it kind of no, makes it ugly that. in a way, you no, know? Like, I love that, right? Like, be genuine in your ass, right? Show vulnerability <clears throat> um, and use your network, right? Like, whether that's groups, whether that's family, whether that's friends. Um, I love all that. Man, any um, any last thoughts that you would share uh, with, with the audience? You know, we, we, we definitely love to hear them. Yeah, I think something that we haven't talked at all is mentors. And I think mentors are really important. I've I've had very specific mentors through specific stages of my life when I was in, in high school and college and even now when I'm, you know, in my professional life. Yeah. Keep those mentors because like those people that that truly take time out of their day to just help you and, and give you, you know, information that has taken them years to learn it's so invaluable and you can read so many books and you can, you know, read so many articles and and attend webinars, but your mentors are some of the only people that I feel like it's almost in the title. Like I'm like, if I say, Hey, this is my mentor. Anyone that meets this person is like, Oh, 
it's someone that's like looking out after you. Yeah. And so make sure it's not just a situational thing. Make sure the, those mentorships, even if they can't help you for your, what you're doing right now, keep that friendship because you like, I feel like life spins in so many like different like circles that you never know, like when, you know, it might, it might make sense to, to reconnect again and, 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 you know, make more use of, of, of that connection. Um, but mentorships, I think is, is something that anyone should have and, and truly, uh, and not just like, oh, like my, my boss is my mentor because he, you know, he supervises me and yeah. and he wants me to do a good job. Of course he wants you to do a good job because he's your boss. Like, you know, but, but outside of that, it's like, find, find maybe, you know, time, at least like with, for example, like my CEO earlier this year invited me to his lake house in Tahoe. And well, mostly like we were like, you know, talking about like our practice and, and consulting and whatnot. We went skiing and like, I, it's my first time skiing ever. And he does like <laughs> double black diamonds and stuff. And I was like me, I think me trying and like doing what he likes just helps drive our, our relationship forward. And in a very honest way, in a very, you know, like wholesome way, because like I did enjoy it and, and you know, it was cool, but yeah. So I would say keep an eye out for those people that are looking out for you because you never know when a mentor could, you know, be right around the corner and help you, whether it is with, professional development, personal development, or introducing you to new people that could, you know, add value to what you're doing. I love that. You know, that, that, um, absolutely rounds it out. And I appreciate you taking the time. JD, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. This is another episode of how the grades do it.